Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're almost through the second month of this year, but that doesn't mean that you should forget about those New Year's resolutions, your new goals, especially your skincare goals. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results. And your secret weapon should be dime beauty. I've been using this stuff. Look at me. Look at my face, pace case. You're glowing. How young do I look? Tell me. Tell me the number. That's a pace case glow. You look like a little baby. Thank you. That's the look I'm going for. And uh, I put the stuff on at night, (laughs) dimes eye cream, and then they have a a dewy day cream that I also use. And this is the result. I've literally never used a moisturizer before. Mm -hmm. I've always had oily skin, but now it's getting to that time. And I made one of my New Year's resolutions to be to do my skincare routine. And I'm using the dewy day cream in the morning. I keep it on the left. Using the restorative night cream, I keep it on the right. It's bim, bam, boom. I know which one to use. And now my face is moisturized all the time. And it's so nice. Do you look like a baby as well? Thank you. I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) A little slow. (laughs) But uh, this takes the guesswork out of the routine. So uh, this is part of the work system, the two moisturizers. There's also a sold out retinol alternative, the TBT cream. Uh, I can't wait to try that one as well. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Tonight, there are some things that were shared with me that... There might be people here treating this like a spring break. If that is the case, like, I don't want that. I want to make it very clear. My purpose is solely for me finding my person. You all hopefully should be here for that as well. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we are in the first week of the regular season. Which means our first one-on-one, our first group dates, our first guy chats, our first after parties, or one after party and one half of a one-on-one tattles, all kinds of fucking great shit. Some amazing plays, some terrible plays. PTC. 
BTCs. BTCs starting to come out. You're getting those love levels. We had two love level ones tonight. We had maybe two perfect one-on-one performances. Well, there was only one one one-on-one. Let's be very clear. Okay. I know what they said in the show. That's not a fucking one-on-one. Sure. That is a play-for-time winner after party. This is exactly like what PP, aka Pilot Pete, aka Popeye, did with Kelly Flanagan. Kelly Flanagan got the same thing. That was not a one-on-one. Yeah. That was a group date play for time, in my opinion. Okay. His his mini one-on-one, whatever you want to call it, I felt like was performed to a high degree, and so was Aaron's. I, I couldn't agree with you more. These are textbook players. Nothing like uh, nothing out of the ordinary. They're not doing any big plays this way or that way. They're just doing everything exactly right. We will get into all of that. But before we do, we got to talk a little bit about what Pace Case and I did. <laughs> I don't know. One of them's a magician. I would think you would respect him more than that. But what? Who was a magician? The guy with the magical coin. Magical coin? It's a fucking Amazon prop that you could buy for $5. We'll get into it. What? Are you saying magic is real? Yeah, it is. Okay. The magic I do is real. Okay. okay so <laughs> his coin is just as much magic as your magic. I'm sorry. That coin, look, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into that coin. I got a lot to say about the fucking coin. I really thought you would identify with him for this. Okay. That's not magic. That's bullshit. Uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> Before we do get into it, though, we have to mention what Pace oh, Case Lord. and I did this past weekend. We donned our LA Icons jerseys. You had and told we, me that you hadn't had a catch with your dad in a long time and that you really wanted to have a catch. With anyone. You did say with anyone, and it made me sad. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you uh, indulging that. Yeah, I used to play baseball in a competitive like adult league until I was in my late 30s, and I really miss it. But uh, How competitive? We had like ex-college players. There were a couple ex-AAA guys in our league. Oh, shit. It was legit, you know? Um, as legit as it could be for guys who were like, like it wasn't a beer league softball league. It was like everybody out there was playing pretty hard. There were guys who could throw in the nineties, shit like that. Um, okay. So anyway, I haven't really played anything with baseball since then. And I kind of miss it. So pace case and I put on our LA icons gear and we went out to a little baseball field here in Los Angeles and we played in quotes catch to some degree. <laughs> and, um, we had a cat, we had a catch. Yes. And we took a bunch of pictures, which are now popping up on our Instagram feed on Game of Roses, which Dark Seeker is <laughs> having fun manipulating and doing weird shit with. So, yeah. I am scared what's going to happen with the video. <laughs> uh, as am I. <laughs> my form, I would say, is a lot worse than someone who played in non-beer league baseball. In fact, I would say I've never been good with my arms. <laughs> my legs are much better. I played soccer. <laughs> I've never been good with my arms. All right. Well... We also talked about while we were out there the possibility of maybe starting a like a beer league softball league or a kickball team or something like this and the team would be called the LA Icons. We mused about this. Wait, what if we play softball Monday nights and then go watch The Bachelor at our new bachelor bar? I mean, this is the dream. Hopefully we can make that a reality, but we certainly were musing about starting a kickball team or something and calling it the LA Icons which I think would be super fun. So I don't know if we're going to have time for this. We have to now check into what are all these rec leagues and when do they start and all this shit. But And we have to recruit enemies to be the Chicago Cloud, the New York <laughs> we, we make a whole league of it? Yeah, we got to get some transplant, find some transplants. 
Right. Yeah. So if you're in the Chicago area willing to move to Los Angeles for a rec kickball league, let us know. <laughs> but uh, that's what we did this weekend. We just wanted to talk about it a little bit because it was very, very fun. And we appreciate Dark Seeker uh, pumping out all those pictures that we took <laughs> while we were doing our, our little baseball plays. Yeah, they're so funny. <laughs> Clues does the most extraordinary face play in every photo that's ever been taken of him. It's just like, you feel like your soul is being stolen. I love face play more than almost anything. That's a little sneak peek of my scream coming up on Friday this week. Okay. Now let's do what we came here to do, Pace Case. Are you ready? Yeah. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game, This is Game of Roses. This was week one, a.k.a. the second week of the airing schedule, but the first week of that regular season. In the intro, we get tonight on The Bachelorette. And you notice when the logo comes up, there's no ring. There's no diamond ring in the O anymore. They've changed that. Because we're inside the giant ring of Charity's face. Oh, right. That's right. We're in the diamond. I forgot. We see the Hollywood sign, some force nudity, force violence, some kissing. Something's phenomenal. There's spring break is being discussed. Four TWR accusations. Grenades are being thrown. Braden isn't strong enough. Someone isn't ready. We begin portion one. One of the first shots in this B-roll is a duck in the water, swimming in a little stream under a bridge that Charity is standing on, pondering, and this duck was my... Creature of the week. This duck, which I thought was in a pond, during this ponder shot, who dove its head into the water, as kind of anti-face play, was also my... <laughs> Creature of the week. This is just some advice out there for any ducks or creatures for that matter. If you're standing around, you see a camera crew show up with a bachelor or bachelorette, get somewhere in the vicinity. You're going to get on camera. This duck mm -hmm. did just that. Fantastic work, duck. Interact with a player if you can. Yeah. I mean, that's the dream. That's like the shitting donkey in season 25. We'll never forget. Never forgive. Yeah. Or the crabs. Or the crabs, yeah. <laughs> so Charity ITMs that she can genuinely find, she believes she can genuinely find love here, and she's excited to go on her first date. The guys scream, Charity, off the balcony of the mansion. This is a time-honored tradition. Congratulations, guys. You are now in the history books. Aaron B. flips his coin in the house, and ITMs never having uh, connections starting that fast, and we know this coin is now going to be featured throughout the show. These producers are really making this motherfucker carry this coin around and talk about this coin a lot. And we're going to see this fucking stupid coin uh, come back again. No, I won't get into it yet. I'm going to wait uh, until I get into my coin diatribe. I haven't even begun it yet. I feel like you've already done two coin diatribes. No, nah, you ain't seen a coin diatribe yet. I guess they were magic diatribes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're also forgetting what I feel like was the most important thing that we saw in this scene, which is that Brayden's earring and scarf situation have both escalated. <sighs> brilliant. A brilliant wardrobe player. When he came out with bigger earrings than night one, I literally was like, did Clues fucking coach Brayden? This is a beautiful piece of performance art. I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> you have to tell me. 
as your um, podcast co-host legally, you have to tell me. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize. Well, Adrian then ITMs that he turtled on night one, uh, but he sacrificed time with his daughter to be here. And Doton then ITMs... Loading that package deal play. Will it come out? Doton ITMs that people are playing patty cake in the mansion until charity is mentioned. <laughs> then it's game face. This was a fantastic <laughs> ITM. Love the open gameplay speech. And then we cut to Braden getting the toast, saying, may the best man win. DLP then shows up to congratulate the 19 men who made it through night one. Joey gets uh, the first ability to speak. He says he was grateful to get time with her. Braden then talks about how surreal it was. Dark Lord's preference. Yeah, the Dark Lord's preference here is shown. <laughs> Braden then talks about how surreal it was that he got the fimp, and DLP then literally makes fun of the outfit, the, the earrings and the scarf. He said, I feel like Braden was like, I got the fimp. Fuck it. Yeah. It's a pretty funny joke. That's a very uh like loosey goosey dark lord speech play. You're never gonna see a Dark Lord Harrison say that. I know. I do feel like something in this season being elevated is the editing is elevated. I feel like we're we saw a ton more real moments. Like a lot of things we've been asking for. This is a real dark lord moment. I mean, we're gonna get to the force nudity, force violence group date. The editing in that, holy fucking shit. They got new editors on this show. There ain't no mm. doubt about that. We'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> so DLP says there's going to be some dates this week. How do you know? Did Brayden tell you that? Uh, DLP says the guys... <laughs> Via a phone in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> he found the, the phone that I taped inside the toilet just under the seat. Um, so DLP tells the guys there's going to be all these dates. You're going to have an incredibly romantic one-on-one. And if you get that one-on-one, you're a very lucky man. And there's going to be also two group dates. He drops off the first date card. Michael reads it. It's a one-on-one Aaron B. Let's build a love that lasts a century. You're already like, what the fuck could this possibly be? And this is where the LA tourism council really fucking hit him over the head with, <laughs> with oh, yeah. you've got to mention the Hollywood sign is a hundred years old, 10 times in the episode. Okay. So this Aaron B getting this date, uh, it's worth mentioning. Charity doesn't choose the order of any of these dates, has no input in this whatsoever. This is all producer design. So they're giving Aaron B this date. And he was the alpha limo exit. Alpha limo exit, but also... First limo exit, first one-on-one date. And he also said uh, of Braden, like, I don't like this guy. I'm going to take him out. So that rivalry between those two is being stoked here. They choose Aaron B to piss Braden off, and it to some degree works. But... Uh, Aaron B shows his coin again. Literally, as he, the date card is being read, he's flipping this fucking <laughs> coin, which we called from the very first time we saw it that it was double heads. What have you ever done something similar with a coin? Maybe a deck of cards in your pocket on a date? Cardistry is an <laughs> art form. Flipping a coin, anyone can do. Okay, I rest my case. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did you have any cardistry in your pocket on a date? Be honest. No, I don't think I've ever taken a deck of cards. You've never done cardistry in a public place? No. Cardistry is a private pleasure. That's very hard for me to believe <laughs> because you do it every time I'm on Zoom with you. It's very hard to believe you only do it at your house. Please believe it. Uh, maybe I take it on the road. I'll never tell. He ITMs uh, that he knows what she wants and he hasn't been able to find it in the past. Charity is worth it and he has to shake the nerves off. So then Charity shows up at the mansion. She comes in, takes Aaron B out to the driveway, shows him a classic red Mustang. Got a secret. Can you keep it? Oh, Pretty Little Liars reference. Nice. I thought you were doing a Pretty Little Liars reference. No, I mean, I guess always I am, but... I'll never tell. 
the guys are forced out by uh, the producers out of the mansion to watch them drive away. Charity drives, Aaron rides, Joey ITMs that it's hard to see her driving off with Aaron. Back in the house, the guys lament not being on the date with her and Braden ITMs that he would trade one million Fimp Roses for more time with Charity. Mm. He's going harder at this uh, 4TRR via enthusiasm yeah. angle that got him the Fimp. We see that it's kind of got a peeping Tom element to this date with the car mm. pulling up and all the guys come outside to look. I mean, it's not a helicopter with the no. ladder coming down, which is really what you want that for. But also in a season that had no grandies, like, I don't know. I mean, that in past seasons, a car like that, I mean, Becca Martinez basically drove that exact same car into the fucking mansion for her, her limo exit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... In a season that has nothing like that, maybe this is kind of the equivalent of a helicopter. Although we we see that we're going to have a helicopter date later in the season anyway, so... Oh, yes. Maybe not. Nonetheless, uh, Charity and Aaron are driving down the road. Um, she says, that, since we're in an old school car, do you like old school music or current pop and R&B? Aaron says he was raised in an old school family with a military dad. This motherfucker knows Charity is the exact same. He studied Charity inside out. Perfect mirror play here. Um, and so they both agree they they had the same kind of military dad who loved old school music. They drive around LA and they head up into the hills. We don't know where they're going, just winding up these roads and charity ITMs that Aaron made her feel like the only girl in the room. Ha ha ha. Well, technically I am. Good little joke from her. And they're giving her some personality in these ITMs and all throughout this season so far, they're really, yes. uh, I, I think, showing her off correctly in that way that's like, she's fun and funny. and She seems like a completely different person. Yes. I, I mean, this is like, I simply did not see this charity during Zach Shawcross's season. Simply did not. I There are lines that they're including in here. Like, he says, oh, I recognize this. I used to play Grand Theft Auto, race through oh. these streets. I was like, oh my God, so did I. Same, same. <laughs> San Andreas. And also, you don't really hear about people playing Grand Theft Auto on The Bachelor very much. Yeah. Aaron B. then ITMs that it feels like they've known each other for a long time. They finally pull up to a spot right in front of the Hollywood sign. They have a little picnic. She pops some champagne. They're sitting on the blanket. And Charity then is forced by producers and by the Los Angeles uh, Tourism Bureau to say it's the 100th anniversary of the Hollywood sign. <laughs> I took you on this date because I really love the Hollywood sign and it is the 100th anniversary. Um, so she then tells him she wanted to bring him on the date because of his mirror family situation. Parents married for a long time, just like hers. And then again, she's forced by the producers to say that this is why she wanted to bring him here to celebrate the 100 year anniversary of the Hollywood sign. Because 50 plus 50. Yeah, it somehow is like our parents have been married for a long time and this sign's been here for a long time. It's the same. Just a big stretch here, but whatever. You got to do what you got to do. I don't know. I, it's still like I there is a power to the Hollywood sign, and I feel like this was a great date for the LA icons. It's very iconic, and uh, there is indeed a power to the Hollywood sign. I'll tell you about it very shortly because what happens next is they talk about how amazing it is about their parents. Of- Were you able to do cardistry up there? I wasn't into cardistry back. I have a Hollywood sign story, which I'm going to tell in conjunction with something that happens here very shortly in the episode. Um, I was not into cardistry when this story happened. But they basically have this big uh, this conversation about their parents and how they both want to mirror what their parents have. Charity wonders out loud what it might be like for their kids to be sitting there under the Hollywood sign one day. He says he hasn't felt a spark like this in a minute. That's a love level one. They get a kiss. Uh, Charity ITMs how nice it is that Aaron has similar uh, parental configuration as she does. They cheers. 
And then Charity ITM's feeling good that he's taking it seriously and is ready for this. She's hopeful. They both agree they're happy. Meanwhile, back at the house, this is one of my favorite sequences so far, maybe of any season. It opens with somebody doing a backflip into the pool. And then Aaron S. is having a forced guy chat with Adrian. And he says out loud that he can sift through the entire crowd and tell you who's here for the right reasons and who's here for the wrong reasons. And he's stoked that Aaron B. got the one-on-one because he's obviously 4TRR and it would kill him if a 4DWR player got the one-on-one. And then we see another another player do another backflip into the pool, essentially being made now to seem like a backflip is for the wrong reasons. Backflips are 4TWR. Yeah. If you can do a backflip, 4TWR. It's insane. This is a new level. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you trying to make us go back to Hannah Brown season or not? The guys are having fun. That's part of it. Tyler Cameron dancing and singing yeah. with his friends is part of it. Part of what we cherish about that season. Yes, I agree. You're in the fucking bachelor mansion. This is hallowed fucking ground. You And you're not on a date. You're you're hanging around the house. We've drank from its waters. We've drank from the waters that man flipped into twice. I, I agree with you. I thought that this was like an error on the producer's part to paint having fun as for the wrong reasons. Like it, you're not serious. And this whole idea comes up yeah. where Adrian is opening up to Aaron S that he has a daughter back home. It's a different type of maturity. And the, the idea of it being spring break starts to creep through. And we even see like Braden is like, give me a refill while you're up. And it's like all the dudes are doing that. They're all having some fucking drinks, cutting loose. It's not a big deal. Anytime you're talking to a bartender, never trust a bartender part two. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Don't even talk to one. <laughs> like what? It bothers me. I agree. I didn't think they should have done it this way. But I do still feel like, yeah, some of they are ha- trying to have fun with some of the other parts of it. So I don't know. Maybe my bar is low. Uh, we see that they go to the sign and they love it. And Aaron B says, here's my lucky coin. Heads, we get everlasting love. I got a level with you. It's a double-sided coin. He reveals that this has been a gimmick. And she does a Game of Thrones reference. The odds are always in our favor. Mm-hmm. Love this. Odds are always in your favor is Hunger Games. He says the spark is there. Love level one. Hunger Games, rather. I have a couple things here. Big franchise. Similar franchises, for sure. Um, this double-headed coin was a risky fucking play, and I actually thought that it was a very good play that he revealed it to her. Because if another guy reveals that to her, that's a 4TWR attack. And I think he could have been knocked out of the game on night one had another guy been like, that coin that he used to get a kiss from you? I found his coin. It's, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. You think Charity was tricked by the coin? Yeah, I don't think she knew it was double-headed. Uh. Now, what I will also say here is my personal story with the Hollywood sign. When I was in college, a very young man indeed, uh, some friends at a party, we were, how do you say, not sober, said, I know how to get to the Hollywood sign. Do you guys want to go to the Hollywood sign? We're all like, yes, of course. So we all pile into this guy's car. We drive up these same winding roads. We uh, didn't have keys like the Bachelor producers do to all the fences that separate you from the Hollywood sign. Mm Mm-hmm. So we had to climb over chain link fences that had razor wire on them. Uh, We all incurred injuries, but it was worth it because we eventually came to stand right where Charity and Aaron were standing. And I placed my hand on the H. And indeed, the sign does have power. I don't know what is going on with it, but when I touched it, it is like vibrating. There's energy going through it, like electricity or something. Wait, 
What do you mean there's electricity in it? There there are like cables and shit. I, I don't know why it has it going through it, but it's like it's humming. When you touch it, it's like zzz, it's like vibrating. Weird. Aliens. Yeah. I don't know exactly. But yeah, I've touched the Hollywood sign through a great personal cost. I can't believe you climbed over razor wires. Yeah, I know. This dude knew that, that the razor wire was there. I guess like he did this all the time. So he had like some blankets that we would throw over the razor wire and oh <laughs> climb this chain link fence. It was crazy, but we did it. And uh, I'll never forget it. <laughs> Your forearms have been through a lot. Indeed. Uh, With Mr. Skabulian scratching you. <laughs> is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to portion three. Night falls on Los Angeles. We get the night portion of this one-on-one. She takes him to the Los Angeles Theater downtown. It's an old movie palace. I love these old fucking theaters. They're all over LA. Highly recommend visiting them if you can. And they're having, of course, in quotes, dinner. She ITMs that she thinks she's a good judge of character and she doesn't want to be wrong. And this, uh, she wonders if it's too good to be true. She wants to know more about how he got here and who he truly is. So this is going to be his attempt or his, his uh, opportunity to play a PTC here. And so he does just that. Aaron tells her that family's important to him. He has two brothers. His little brother knows everything about him. She's like, same with me. More mirroring of the familial construct. Charity then asks him about, uh, he mentioned not being lucky in relationships in the past. This is her basically saying like, and tell me your PTC now. And he does. He explains that he was in a four-year relationship in college while he was playing football and that he wasn't a good boyfriend. He admits messing up and says he went to therapy to get better. He had a lot of pride. Uh, he's had some partners and then there's kind of a double PTC in here. That one is kind of like a, I was a shitty person, but have changed PTC. And then it's a, he's had some other partners flirting with other guys while he was trying to be better emotional person for them. This I put down as a other partners flirting PTC. Is that a PTC? I didn't count it. I just said the therapy one. Okay. Yeah. But I thought that was a great um, PTC to admit that like, I used to be kind of a shitty person. Oh, now I'm better. This was textbook. Yeah, it was great. And like what it taught you and just like also just, you know, what Charity says. There is a stereotype where not a lot of men go to therapy, especially black men, etc. And like this, honestly, this would have been my play of the game had something else not happened. I agree with ye. Something else happened that I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Anyway, um, fantastically played here. And he says, being this open and honest is uh, this early in a relationship is new to him, but he can see something with her. She commends him for going to therapy, for being vulnerable. Charity ITM is being surprised by the therapy announcement and says, nothing is more attractive than a person willing to put in the work to be a better partner for their partner. She tells him that she relates to him so much because she had to find the definition of self-love. And that's why she's so adamant about what she wants now. And then Aaron asks her how she bounced back after Zach. So he, he takes a... Uh, look back to her rookie season, which I love. And I got to say, this whole season so far, there's only two episodes I know, but they are doing a very good job of placing this season in the context of the history of our beloved game. Even little things like this, where a player is just mentioning the prior season, but I mean, we'll get to some more of it, obviously, later that happens in the season. But like in that first episode where they had the old bachelorettes delivering these video messages of like, well, wishes for charity. They... I think whoever's in charge of this kind of shit, layering it in, like to show you like this is part of a giant big thing. They're doing it very well. Mm -hmm. We love nostalgia. I I want more and more of it. Can't get enough. Uh, we cut back. He's off face, talks about how he used to put walls up 
Uh, this is going pretty textbook. Uh, and then we cut back to the house and the guys are talking about, oh my gosh, when are they coming back? Sean says, I feel like a mom waiting up for kids. Like, where the fuck have you been? And, uh, Doton does this little mini play with the date card where he's like, got the date card and like ringing it like a bell. Joey is, he's giving me some Greg Grippo vibes in this a little bit. Oh, interesting. Okay. Kind of a, seems like a similar style. Uh, and we get the group date announcement of who is on the date and sun's out, buns out. <laughs> you know immediately what this is. <laughs> yes. You're wearing a Speedo on the beach. <laughs> like, 100%. There's no other way to interpret that. Mm-hmm. We see Brayden say, well, hopefully it's a competition and we can drop six of you. He's a student of this game. He says, I want it to be a play for time. He is a student of this game. 100%. And he makes a play later on that is very interesting uh, for someone who is such a student. It, uh, he's just playing a very interesting <laughs> season. I'll leave it at that. But on this group date, we've got uh, Doton, Tanner, Adrian, John, Caleb, A, B, and K, Xavier, James, Aaron S, Sean, and Braden. And um, Braden even ITMs that he's super com- competitive and hates losing. <laughs> uh, he's just my favorite player of the season. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, then then he you coached him. <laughs> he he's a very bad second audience player, though I will say because he makes this comment. Um, he's like, I'm very competitive. I'm not going to let any of you win. But it's also like a in wrestling, it's what they call being a heel or taking a heel turn. It's actively playing the villain, which I think he may be doing to some degree. I do think he is doing. That. <laughs> Back on the one-on-one with Aaron, they get this kind of wrap-up convo. Aaron says, you're incredible. Don't let anyone ever tell you differently. I was like, is this some sort of like nagging thing? What is this? Uh, She goes, I can trust my gut. She ITMs everything about today has been phenomenal. And they he gets that private performance, Lauren Elena. You ever heard of her? Who sings as they dance. No. Neither did I. Looked her up on that old Instagram application. 1.1 million Instagram followers. Nice. Not too bad. Let's go. Uh, they uh, dance in front of this, you know, standard makeout. Standard makeout. I'm not sure that this was a standard makeout. This, at least how it was presented, it looked like all they were doing was making out. It looked like for the entirety <laughs> of the song, it looked like they broke the fucking kiss record here. Not in the group date. I have five Ks. Is tallied. Yeah. Wait, no. One, two, three, four. It was crazy. It like I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. All they're doing is fucking making out. So uh, it seems to have gone well. And Charity then ITMs that he held nothing back. He's not afraid of vocalizing how he feels about her. Perfect. And she gives him that rose. He accepts. There's another kiss. And of course, Charity then ITMs at the first date of the season blew it out of the water to such a degree. That she produces fucking tear play in this ITM. Incredible. Charity is blowing this out of the water. I mean, you got to think too, like your charity. Try to put yourself in her shoes a little bit, right? You've seen the show. She clearly is also a student of the game. You saw what happened in, in fucking 19. You saw what went down. They did not treat Gabby well. They did not treat Rachel Recchia well. And so you're sitting there thinking to yourself like, fuck, this opportunity is too big. Obviously, I have to say yes. But are they going to try to fuck me? Are they going to make this bad? 
and this first date goes off and it's not. The first date is like, it is fairy tale shit. This is like classic Bachelor. Mm -hmm. And you're like, fuck, okay, maybe this is going to be a good season. Maybe they got my back here. I think that's where the tears are coming from. You're like, he didn't do cardistry, but he did do coin play. So I guess I'll accept it. Coinistry. <laughs> I just can't stress this enough. That is not magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. A two-headed coin is not fucking magic. I like when you stress it, though. It's, it's not. Very funny. It's not even sleight of hand. It's just a dumb fucking prop. Do you see how coins and cards, like, what you would think of those together, and, like, they're both not real magic? No, so. but there is coin magic. That does exist. But that usually involves, like, sleight of hand, making it disappear and reappear, weird shit, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Not just having a double-headed coin and flipping it. That is not... What? A prop is not magic? No, you can use props and magic for sure. But I'm saying that's not anyone can do it. There's no training required. There's it's not a trick to buy a fucking coin off Amazon and take it into Bachelor. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what he should have also done is given out double tails coins to all the other guys. If he even brought it, you know. Yeah, exactly. It also has producer written all over it. Um, well, certainly the amount that they had him yeah. using it in this episode. He had it in every scene he was in. He had the fucking coin visible, flipping it, fucking with it. It's a big part of his branding. He's got yeah. to sell some coin merch. Coin man. Coin man. <laughs> My name's Aaron. I'm the coin man. Uh, and then we get, before the next um, portion, we get a casting card. And it says, do you want to flip a coin on a chance at love? Come on. Let the coin die. Let the coin die. If he is one of the finalists, he better have that fucking coin. He is one of the finalists. Yeah. Is he really? You know? You know he's going to make that coin into a ring. I mean, I'm just guessing. Oh, my God. He was first out of the limo. He's getting first one-on-one. -on -one. It feels like they want him to be up there for a ring winner. I want him... Have you seen that sketch, the Tim Robinson Bachelor sketch, where he plays the guy that just wants yeah. to go to the Bachelor Mansion to go on the zip yeah. line? <laughs> yeah. I want Aaron to do something like this. It was so fucking funny. And it's like... I watched it so many times. God, I'm just watching that, and I'm like, Saturday Night Live, look at this shit. That's a fucking funny Bachelor sketch. That's a fucking hilarious Bachelor sketch. If you haven't seen it, check out Tim Robinson... What, Coin Man? No, the Tim Robinson thing. Oh... <laughs> Yeah. Saturday Night Live's always trying to do bachelor sketches and they like fall flat. That Tim Robinson one is fucking hilarious. God damn it, it's funny. Uh check it out if you haven't seen it. But that and Burning Love are my only favorite only good bachelor parodies. Yeah, Burning Love was good too. Uh I would love to see Aaron take this coin with him everywhere and anytime she asks him anything, he flips the coin <laughs> joke style. You know what I mean? <laughs> It escalates to the point of the zip line, you mean? Yeah. She's like, are you having fun on this? The, your second one-on-one? -on -one? And he's like, well, let me see. Flips it. <laughs> Heads. I guess I am. And literally any question she has. That is a Tim Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on here. Portion four. Daytime. Uh, we get this. Uh, so this this one-on-one -on -one went off without a hitch. It was perfectly played. There, literally no errors. Nothing even approaching an error. It was a perfect fucking performance. Um, yeah, just perfect. It was literally perfect. That said, you know how I like my play styles. Chaotic. <laughs> Textbook is safe. Yeah, I like a little chaos. I like you to do like in the in the grand scope of Bachelor of our beloved game. This first date, this one on one, will not be remembered. There is nothing that stands out about it that was done by the player. The Hollywood sign is kind of unique. I don't think we've seen that on Bachelor ever before, but um, you know, no, I think we have. Have we? 
They touch the Hollywood sign? Yeah, I think so. I remember they do they do LA landmark ones. I remember there was a group date on top of the Roosevelt. I feel like they've done so many of the LA landmarks at this point. I am like 95% sure they've probably done a Hollywood sign date. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to go back and check the archives. But speaking of Hollywood landmarks or LA landmarks, portion four begins Venice Beach B-roll. You see all the people down on Venice Beach. And then Charity walks the sands. The guys all jug up to her. Braden gets there first, gets first hug. The mise-en-scene of the sand where they just have all of the chairs facing away from the ocean (laughs) for this date. It made me laugh. Don't look at the ocean. Look here into the cameras. Uh, Charity tells the guys the beach is one of her favorite places, so they're going to unwind with some beach games. They all built some sandcastles. They're playing football. Everything's going great. And uh, Adrian says, the group date's going to be great. And later will be some uh, great time for one-on-one time. And then DLP shows up with an air horn. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this. It was so fucking like, whoa. It's so fucking hilarious. These guys are like, okay, we're getting some good time. We're all going to have enough time to talk. And then fucking... Jesse Palmer just fucking nope. And John even ITM's uh, DLP showing up is never a good sign. And then he tells the guys they're going to do, he's going to introduce some friendly competition, head-to-head competition in dodgeball, but there's more. The fourth annual bachelorette dodge bowl will be a play for time. The winning time gets to go to the after party. Losers have to have their sad ride back to the mansion. And, um, DLP then presents them with their uniforms. Speedos, of course. We've seen this in the promo. Force nudity. And sports cups are mandatory, they say. So we take it even further. It wasn't enough that you're going to see these men with their... That's for chastity. Their genitalia uh, basically exposed to us. You're also going to know that they all have to put these little things in their Speedos for some reason. I guess to protect them from the dodgeballs? It's for chastity so they can air it. You think? You th- Did they black box everyone? Uh, No, there were no black boxes to my knowledge. Or were there? I don't that's, think so. That's why you have those chastity cups. I guess so. But then we get uh, something that was beautiful, in my opinion. One of the best things that they have done in this season, which is only two episodes in. I'm telling you, this season's good. I, I, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's a good fucking season. You're telling me. I already know. It's a good fucking season. Uh, they do this recap that contains footage from the other dodgeball games that have happened on Bachelorette. All of them. Unreal. Desiree season. Unreal. Uh, Becca, Kufrin season. Who, by the way, is she watching? Did she get a little fucking pissed off at this? Don't use my fucking shit after what you did to me. I would be if I was her. I mean, I'm sure multiple people are feeling that. One of them is called out by name in this one. Oh, fuck. Exactly. Then we get footage from the, the most recent of the dodgeball games from Claire Crawley's season. Uh, 16. And we see in it that Claire wanted them to strip, and then they bring back the Yosef Abarodi objection. I have a daughter. I don't want her seeing me at home. Mm-hmm. My mind is getting melted at this point. My mind exploded. I couldn't believe it. They include that line, and then they have Aaron S. ITM. I can't believe we're doing this when Yosef has a daughter at home. And this was my wowie moment of the week. This is only for the super fans. Yeah. I almost gave this shit my play of the game, and I almost gave it to the Ooh. editor or the fucking producer, but we have to keep it to players, so I didn't do it. I obeyed my own rules. However, this is exactly what we're talking about. There is a contingent of your fan base, us, in the fucking pit, and others... Who, Maniacs. 
not maniacs, people who fucking love this thing as much as somebody else loves the fucking NFL. Throw us a goddamn bone every once in a while. Don't shave it down to the most generic fucking product you can make. Put some specific interesting things in it for people who know about this shit because more people know about it than they think. Yes. It's, it's, I'm not calling it fan service necessarily. This is one of the most popular memes from the show. Yeah. And this just shows an acknowledgement of that. Putting this in the show yeah. is like acknowledgement to the people who have been watching for at least a couple of seasons and remember that shit. Thank you, producers. This is fucking amazing. Yes. It really blew my mind. I couldn't believe what I was fucking seeing. I was just so happy. And that's why I'm saying it's like, fuck, this is a good season. They're doing some interesting shit in this season. And for a long time, they haven't. I love this. Like, it really is refreshing. And I hope it's not just something that's only because it's the 20th season. I hope that they continue with this style. Because like we were talking about before, like that's the only advantage you have. I do think Love Island UK is a better format, but you have an advantage here. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? What? Love Island is a better format. You've never even watched it. I've watched it at three times speed. Um, I rest my case. Look, it's a good format. I'm not arguing that at all. I'm just saying that this is, to me, the purest form. Look, I'm just saying that what we have is legacy. <laughs> it might not be. I agree. And this is embracing the legacy. This is all of it. The flashbacks, the yeah. deep cuts. I love it. And yeah. And then as we go into this uh, dodgeball game, there are inexplicably several women on the beach just watching, just hoping to show up on the beach <laughs> one day and see a bunch of guys in Speedos throwing dodgeballs at each other and their wishes come true because here are two teams of guys doing just that. And they're all in jeans and pencil skirts. Yeah. You know how you're always seeing so many fucking pencil skirts at the beach? Yes. I I literally saw them. I was like, did they kidnap these women from somewhere and bring them here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. seemed kidnapped. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're like, get in a bus and fucking somewhere in Ohio. 12 hours later, they just dump you on a beach. Now clap. Um, yeah, like, do you want to go to a bachelor group date? And then it's the most, the coldest day on the beach in LA they've ever had. Uh, well, we see at this group date, DLP, Liz Habib, who has 28.5K followers on Instagram and Charity, all sit at a judge's table. DLP says... Uh, the MVP of the game is going to the after party. It says this off face, so I believe this line was added later. But we now know the rules, and this is the first play for time that we're going to see if they enforce it or not. Some seasons they do, some seasons they don't. Sometimes it's a test for the losers. Sometimes you have a benevolent bachelor. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they want to see if the losers are sour grapesing, if you or the winners get sour grapes, if you bring the losers back, like on Ari Lion Dyke's season, Crystal Nielsen famously did that and fucking went down in flames because of it. Did she go down in flames or did she just set up one of the greatest redemption arcs in paradise we've ever seen? Yeah, but that season went down in flames. But I agree with you. Her paradise play is like, that's Hall of Fame shit. We see that Charity is looking for sportsmanship. Uh, Brayden wants the green team to be a red team because of blood. And DLP manages to make piercing eye contact with the fourth audience, despite being blasted in the face with these Venice winds. I thought he did such an impressive job. Obviously, he's a mm. gifted commentator, so he can, yeah. you know. He's trained his eyes to feel no pain. 
And we don't have any stands for this. Just this line of girls. Yeah, just these women. Um, now, I just want to say, this game, this dodgeball game... Who get hit? We're getting to it. Please. Oh, we are getting to that. But I just want to say that the game, I felt, was shot so well. I understood contextually where they all were in relation to each other. Kind of who was ahead in the games. Some of the shots they had were very fucking dynamic. They've got... I don't know who's directing this season. Maybe they brought in somebody special for this game. This shit's elevated. This isn't how they usually shoot shit like this. Remember when it was... Uh, God, what season was this? Was it... It was Matt James, I think, when they all, all the women had to put on wedding dresses and run around in the forest and throw paint at each other. Oh, yeah. And Franco Lacosta was there taking action shots out of the trees. <laughs> yeah. That was shot. That was confusing as fuck. I had no idea what was going on because the direction was not like this. Look, I will tell you that I did not know what was going on okay. in the game, but that didn't really matter to me. Yeah, I was investigating some other questions, like how everyone was so smooth. There was no test error or anything, and then I mean that was revealed in the tag. Yeah, but I had that mystery this whole time. Interesting. Um. We see that Xavier basically <laughs> dominates the first game. He's like a one-man team. And uh, we kind of get some other things then. Pink wins game one. They're, this is a best three out of five series. Um, Caleb then ITMs that he can throw 96 miles an hour. That's Major League Baseball speed. And we see game two beginning. I don't know if he's making this up or not. But he launches. Do you think I threw close to that at our catch? Pretty close. Yeah. I think with a little practice, you could get there. Yeah, how many miles per hour do you think? At least 89. Uh, Caleb launches a fastball that misses his target and it hits one of the women who has been conscripted <laughs> to stand around them in a circle uh, in the background. And for this woman's unwavering dedication to our beloved game and to the sacrifice she made to the subsport of forced nudity dodgeball, this woman, this unnamed woman, this fucking hero who got hit by Caleb's 96-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball which is enough to kill, which is enough. was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. <laughs> I love this. I love this bystander. They would have been my bystander if something else didn't happen. Um, I hope that they're okay. I wish they had played an IFI, gone down, touched yeah. sand. Uh, it also was a blessed um, blessed throw because Caleb has a Bible verse written on his chest, 316. That could also be a reference to pro wrestling, though, since he is a pro wrestler. Stephen Stone Cold Austin. You may know him as the Rattlesnake, Texas Rattlesnake, or Stone Cold, or Steve Austin, or Steve Stone Cold Austin. Very famous wrestler from the Attitude Era, and he cut a promo once where he was talking. I forget who he was talking about, but somebody had made a Bible verse in their prior promo, and he goes, well, I don't know about that, but Austin 316 says, I'm going to whoop your ass. Mm. So that 316 might be a reference to Stone Cold. I don't know. Wow. A tattoo mystery. Just, uh, yeah. This is minutia alarm. And now I'm going to have to call a pre-minutia alarm, but I don't care. I'm blowing through it. There was another person with a cross. I noticed this too. Tattoo. There was a cross reveal. Oh, John. I was like, this is... Who's going to be the most Christian on their chest? 
I, I'm saying, reveals. I don't know if that 316 is Christian. It might be pro wrestling. But immediately after this woman, my Jorge Moreno gets hit by the ball. We get a shot of, these are just my runners up for face play, but Jesus Christ, we get a shot of a group of three women reacting to this other woman getting hit with the ball. These three women put on a fucking masterclass in team face play. One woman is wearing sunglasses, puts her hands covering her mouth. Her eyebrows are raised to the fucking heavens, full arch. She doesn't even need eye play to deliver magnificent face play. The woman right next to her is full eye and mouth aperture. And the woman right next to her is exactly the opposite. Sour face, scrunch it all in. Can't believe this is happening face play. As a team, they basically hit every tone of face play in reacting to the same event. It was fucking amazing. That's beautiful. I, I agree. Thank you, bystanders. Xavier also does my line of the episode here. He goes, Adrian got three people out with one throw. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> He's a pretty good, colorful narrator. Yeah, that was a fantastic play and a bad play on their part. But ultimately, we see that uh, after five games, Pink wins after Xavier catches a ball thrown by Adrian. And um, then DLP comes out. He presents the pink team with the golden cup. And then he says, there's also an MVP. And we get this little conjecture. Now, who's going to be the MVP? This is, of course, someone from the losing team that producers select to come to the after party. So the fact that it wasn't um, Caleb B, who everybody thought it should have been, who Braden thought it should have been, means the producers mm. don't have a future for Caleb B in our beloved game. He will be out somewhere within the next two to three weeks, I would guess. I mean, obviously, this is just a person they want to involve in the storyline. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, so Adrian gets it. And the green team is made to stomp off in the sand as the pink team pops champagne. He probably promised a tattle. I mean, for sure. They probably came to him and said, look, we're, we'll bring you the after party, but we need you to do something there. Yeah. We need you to start this narrative. Yeah, probably under the bleachers that they didn't use for the women in the stands. But they just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that portion ends with Caleb B. ITMing that it hurts not getting time. With her portion five begins, night has fallen. We are at the after party for the winners. The guys in charity all show up to an outdoor patio type bar. The losers are not there. They are upholding this. And we see the group date roses on the table. True play for time. Uh, Charity ITM is looking forward to having conversations with the guys and diving in to find out who's ready for forever love. Charity tells the guys she loves seeing them uh, bear it all. And she gives special acknowledgement to Adrian as the MVP. Braden ITMs then. <laughs> he doesn't think Adrian deserves MVP. And it's difficult to deal with that. So he's hardcore basing it on like, no, this guy was the best dodgeball player. He should have been the MVP. <laughs> As though the show doesn't exist. Clues, I gotta be honest, I didn't know much about wine until we got First Leaf as a sponsor. And this is a wine club. Love to be in a club. They have amazing wines and exclusive perks. This is First Leaf membership. I filled out the quiz. I answered these questions. They sent me the things that were tailor suited to me, including the Dita Akello 2022 mm. Shiraz Rosé from Southeastern Australia. Shiraz. Rosé all day, baby. It's one of my favorite types of wine. When you're celebrating, you know, February, the month of love, I love to have it. It'll be even better for springtime. Rosé is the color of spring, I always say. 
but I'm thankful to First Leaf that I got to try it. With First Leaf, you get to choose when you want your box delivered and how often you get new assortments of wine. You get to be part of that wine club Pace Case was talking about, which is going to give you access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want wine pairing, advice, you want to talk about the wines you're getting in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get that member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, I quit bras during the pandemic. I said no more. They're not comfortable. I'm being comfy as a lifestyle. Um, And I couldn't picture a bra that would exist that I would want to wear. But today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. They don't have underwire. They don't have bulky fabrics. And they are so soft. Basically feels like a second skin, which is the only type of bra I will be wearing in the year of our gore 2024. Mm-hmm. I got the crossover bra, the black runway one. It has this cute like mesh that adds peekaboo mesh that adds this very sexy touch. So it's like doesn't look like it's, you know, a comfortable bra, but it is. And I guess I'm a bra person again. It turns out. Well, congrats, Pace Case. I know it's a big step for you right Mm -hmm. now. You can treat yourself to the best bras on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash roses. Use that exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash roses. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support Game of Roses and tell them we sent you. Treat yourself to Honey Love because you deserve it. This. <laughs> so he's not on a fucking TV show. It's so crazy to me. It's, it's such a so like wild type of play. Yeah. Look, I love it. I fucking love it. I say what you will about his gameplay. It's fucking erratic. He's my favorite player. Oh, he's all we're watching. Yeah, he is he's a the whole wild show at this point. And like we don't even see other people on the date. Uh we see him get one in one time. 
that he's super excited, but he got in his head and she goes, you know, I, I felt it. Uh, he makes her reassure him. She's like, we're both goofy. And he says, I'm crushing on you. Love level one. And he looks up and I'm just like, he has escalated these earrings. I, it's hard for me to imagine that you didn't coat him. I'm like, they're going to get bigger. Imagination's a powerful thing. It's just going to be two chairs at the end. We don't know. Brayden then ITM <laughs> crushing. And he says that this is like Avatar when they connect their braids and they say, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Have you seen Avatar? Yes. Of course I've seen Avatar. This shit fucking made me laugh. Then, right after that, completely off face, we hear a line that is Franken-bitten to shit. He goes, and now I'm very sure I'm her number one pick. They cannibalize this thing from a hundred different clips. We're going to play it for you now so you can hear what I'm talking about. And now I'm very sure I'm her number one pick. Can you fucking believe that shit? This is one of the worst Franken-bites I've ever heard in my life. There were some really bad Franken-bites this episode. There were really easy to spot but more importantly behind Braden during this ITM was my ladder of the week Ooh! did you see it no mm. open your eyes clues open your eyes <laughs> okay, I'll look next time <laughs> we get uh one-on-one -on -one time with John he says that he played pro basketball for a year and she was like yeah you were diving and she's like I cheerleaded competitively he cringles something here what is he cringling did he I missed this I don't I thought he did and he says I want to make sure I get a kiss one kiss they don't really focus on this conversation no but they need and and this is to me this whole date for him was big time evidence he's your next bachelor there ain't no story here I don't know what's happening. They're just forcing him in the show with a fucking crowbar. They're just making sure to get him in every episode. Yeah. Not only get him in every episode, he wins the fucking group date, Rose. Oh, yeah. For what? <laughs> uh, we we see Braden engaging with in guy chat with the other players, and he says that he wanted the first one-on-one. -on -one. The other players are like, you think it's realistic to get the FIMP and the first date? Is it? Has that ever happened? I want to say it has in Bachelor. I remember it happening once or twice in Bachelor, I think. But I don't know about Bachelorette. I don't know. Like, the, if you win the FIP, you get the first date. I feel like they did that mechanic at some point. I can't remember. But Braden admits that he sounds like a spoiled brat, maybe. And he says a rose gives you a little validation, but it's just a drop in the ocean. Adrian talks about being the MVP and that he thinks he should get the group date rose. And then Braden can't help himself here. He tells Adrian, no offense, dude. You weren't the MVP. It was Caleb. <laughs> this was almost my error. Why? <laughs> he was like, why am I here instead of him? He says, I'm just saying he performed. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get into this weird argument about like... This is, it is like a Tim Robinson like sketch again. Just it like, totally is. I, I mean, I'm loving it. The comedy of this is fucking great. But Adrian's trying to justify it. Like, my entire team... He brings up evidence. He says, my team is calling me MVP. All my whole team will back this me on this nickname one. Nickname defense. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> And Braden fucking is like, will not lose this little fucking battle that's going on. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like when a guy in the NBA who fucking plays on the bench gets a championship ring when the team wins. <laughs> it's traded midseason. Oh, oh fucking so God. good. 
Adrian, ITM, she's a child. Seems like he's here for spring break. You can tell who's for TRR or not. My daughter has made me super soft, so he's loading this tattle. Yeah. The reason I believe he's at this after party, we get the one-on-one with Adrian, and he says, I came here for you, not to kick it with guys. I sacrificed. I have a daughter. That's my everything. It's really hard for me to leave. So he's like turning his package deal into like a... It's a sabbatical crossover. Sabbatical. That's what it is. And I'm like, it's a. this is not... We're not seeing a very uh, well-constructed package deal plays this season. It's a waste a waste of a tool, I think. No, I agree. They're just very haphazardly exposed. Using it into a tattle? like. Uh, well, it just makes it seem like these guys... Usually the package deal is used like with weight. It's used to make a player more serious. Like that they're elevated above other players who like aren't ready for this. This, they're just kind of thrown away. They're not really used as like a piece of the person's identity. Other than them saying, like, I'm away from my daughter. Share a photo or tell a story about the kid. And I think they're doing that on purpose because I think both of the package deal players don't don't go far. Well, we'll find out about one of them tonight. Uh, we see she respects him coming and diving in with that <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> spending some time not tattling. But he basically says, I'm thinking about not spending time with her while these guys are playing games. It's spring break. They're flipping in the pool. It's not a vacation for me. Flipping in the pool. You got to enter the pool seriously. You got to just like slowly go in and let it envelop your body. Really think about each step you're taking into the pool as you descend. Like, I hope hope Charity's doing well right now. I I wrote down this note. I was like, is is now, can we refer to a 4TWR play as a backflip? Can that be a colloquialism for it? I feel like you can call like throwing someone under the bus a backflip, maybe like she backflipped him. Yeah. All right. Or, or no, maybe a backflip could be like too young to be serious, kind of. Oh, yeah, that could work. Um, there's a part of this that I found interesting as well when he's talking about the backflips and he's like, it's not a vacation for me, it's not spring break. She asks him if he's making a 4TWR attack here. She basically says, can you be like more specific? She's trying to get him to name names, and he mm-hmm. won't. He doesn't commit that hard to it. He's like, look, you're smart. You can figure it out. He doesn't. He wants to just stoke that little flame and not go so far that it's like an official tattle. I would say this is not. This is like a... It's not even a generic tattle because there's no specific act being tattled on. I, yeah, I think it's a general tattle. And this general tattle by Adrian was my error, 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 error of the game. It looks like he does this right off the bat. She's saying thanks for getting right to it. I, you need to spend the time building a connection and turning the package deal into a tattle. Maybe it was cut out and we don't see how he had a real connection with her and then led to this but i just felt like this was um it's not gonna it's not gonna get you into that 4trr yeah ring winner zone it definitely was a 4t uh wr play it was a paradise play yeah i totally agree with you this is a paradise play through and through i thought it was a huge error as well it was not my error of the game because i thought this wasn't so bad that he couldn't come back from it 
or just let it dissipate into the ether. Like he could have gotten away with this one. He does something later that he does not get away with. (laughs) (laughs) So Charity now comes back to the group and uh, Adrian basically has teed up for her her lay down the law moment. All bachelorettes have this. Some bachelors have it where you come in, you've been told some tattle by a player that like some guys are here for the wrong reasons or not taking it seriously or whatever. Didn't we have a spring break storyline before? I don't know. I swear I remember like a guy being called like spring break before. I don't remember. I think we have, but we've seen this type of storyline 100 million times. Yes. Um, and, and modern bachelorettes all get it. And the little speeches that they give to the players saying, take this seriously or hit fucking bricks, dude. I love them. They are all different performances. They're very similar to like inauguration speeches. The first speech that a lead gives when they come in on night one after all the the players have arrived. Um, I love these speeches. And I got to say, I don't know. Charities didn't have much to it. She thanks them all for an amazing day and says, but tonight things were shared uh, that people might be treating this like a spring break, but she's not interested in that. Her purpose is to find her person and everybody else should be there for that same purpose. There was like, I, I do remember Hannah Brown's that she had one of the best ones ever crying and just like if you don't like it you can leave right now there was like anger in it um it was one of the best ones maybe of all time but um this one i thought was just very functional there was no reprimand in the tone which usually these have yeah i would say i thought it was like pretty middle of the road if you're uh for these things um and she gives that group date rose to john why because they're pushing him for next crown He's the bachelor. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> you don't think they're going to pick Braden? <laughs> Please. If you're listening, producers, whatever you've decided, maybe John is your, your best selection, all that, do a double bachelor season. I don't care. If there's a way to get Braden as a bachelor, we fucking need that to happen almost immediately. No, we don't need it. We need... We need to get to this James ITM. She had a sour taste. I don't want it to disrupt my connection because we don't see their one-on-one. And he says, the idea of spring break is troubling. This is just, it's like the, it's like a 4TWR false play. Like, I don't believe any of these people actually think they shouldn't be backflipping. No, of course. I mean, that's where you get to with the, some player pools, I feel like, especially as time has gone on, you don't get like true, true villains. You don't get people doing like true for the wrong reasons plays anymore, Mm -hmm. but you need that narrative. Every season has it. Somebody always gets accused of for the wrong reasons. So when you don't have any real thing to hang that accusation on, what else is it going to be? They, they hang it on turn of phrase. Yeah. You were fucking swimming. I can't believe people are here. Those guys are swimming. I'm thinking about a fucking relationship, okay? I'm dry as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. I don't touch those waters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm journaling about charity. Yeah, I'm in my room. I'm fucking hardcore journaling. I'm meditating, <laughs> and I'm dreaming about charity. Nothing else. All my dreams while here are of charity. Uh. I, I wrote here, beloved people in our game have played around like Tyler Cameron. That's true. Doing a defense here. Uh, That's fucking true, though. Yeah, I took this personally. Uh, Brayden says, Charity loves me for the way I look at life. And Aaron says, it's time to get serious. She's looking for something real. If you're not, you're wasting your time. So 
even if you tattle, you don't reveal the tattle. Correct. And he is revealing it in steps. Horribly revealing it. Revealing it in steps. Just like, oh, I did this shitty. He's like, oh, I kind of agree with whoever that guy was. I mean, his whole game basically was a fucking error. But there was one point specifically that I thought was like the worst point of it. But um, Adrian then ITMs that it was important basically for him to tattle. He stands by in this ITM. Portion six begins. Charity's pondering on some steps, ITMing that it was hard to hear that some of the guys are here for a vacation. She's going to shift gears for the next group date, though. And they cut to a shot of a fountain with a child running through it. This child who is faceless and we don't know the name of, but who ran through this fountain with abandon was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I thought this child was so whimsical. I thought the idea that this child won't ever know that they were in this and they were such a big part of our beloved game is beautiful. Okay. I'll, I'll accept that. I hope they have a great life. <laughs> me too. I hope everybody has a great life, by the way. Not just the child. <laughs> me too. But Charity then introduces Gabby and Rachel. <laughs> the co-crowns <laughs> of season 19 uh, are there basically for this weird council of crowns date. They're hosting this fucking date, which I was like, this is fucking fantastic. And I got to say, I felt like they used them very well in this. Yes. Gabby says there's going to be uh, an audience of... We get their personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Gabby, Gabby says there's going to be an audience and a ton of surprises. And so the guys come out in this little park. They come to join them. There's this crowd of people clapping. And we get our second group date. John Henry, Michael, Warwick, Joey, Spencer, and Josh. And we see this great shot. Warwick is ITMing a description of the sea of people parting as they come to the stage and see charity. And we see a shot reflecting that exact thing he's describing. It's a POV as though you're walking through the, the parting crowd leading up to charity. That's what I'm saying. There's something going on with the direction of the show that is fucking better than it has been. Beautiful shot. I, again, I don't know if it's the same director doing the shit. If it's, they got new people doing some of these packages. I don't fucking know. But goddamn, this was very well done. They say it's a challenge to see who has the most chemistry and it's an opportunity to break a bachelor nation record. I feel like bachelor nation records are not hard to break. <laughs> but it's... No. Look, I got some stats. I got some stats. You want to know what the real record is? For what? Longest kiss. Oh, yes. What is it? Days. It is 58 <sighs> hours, 35 minutes, and 58 seconds achieved by... My pronunciation is going to be terrible about this. Uh, my apologies in advance. Ekachai Tiranarot and Loxana Tiranarot. My apologies. Uh, wow. Both... In Thailand. Were they a couple? Yeah. They were in Thailand at an event organized by Ripley's, believe it or not. 58 hours, 35 minutes, and 58 seconds. So, uh, you know already they're talking about Sean Lowe. How do they go to the bathroom? I don't know. I didn't ask that question <laughs> on the internet. But, um, so... Please have follow-up questions on this kid. <laughs> believe me, I do too. I didn't look into it. But then um, Gag Gabby tells the guys that uh, they're going to break this record in The Bachelor for Longest Kiss. And Rachel Reckia hits this button and it says the a banner falls down that says Longest Kiss in Bachelor History. And uh, 
Gabby, the global dingbat, says the winner of today will have the opportunity to break the record for the longest kiss in Bachelor Nation history ever. Crowd goes wild. Charity says she's going to have the longest kiss in Bachelor history. Oh, my God. Rekia says the record was set by one of our most successful bachelors, Sean Lowe. No mention of Leslie Murphy, who was the co-player that broke the record with him here. We see her in the shot, but they never say her name. I thought that was a little disrespectful, honestly. Yeah, it is. Uh, Shout out to her. She was a fantastic player in season 17. Never forget her. And that was a one-on-one date in week two of Sean Lowe's regular season. And they set a, a Ripley's record. The runner-up who must not be named. Sean Lowe is the golden one. There is only one person who played that season. They fucking CGI in Catherine Giudici's face over Leslie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats to Sean and Catherine for their vaccination record. It's like mid-journey AI of yeah. Sean Lowe and Catherine <laughs> kissing for three minutes, 27 seconds. So they bring Goldini in here, but they do it in the right way. Not in the way they did in Zach Shawcross's season where he's eating sandwiches while Shawcross is oiling down and scrubbing down. Here, they show yeah. you historical footage of one of the greatest players of all time and I would argue the greatest bachelor of all time being the greatest bachelor. They show you archival footage of a prior season. This is legacy. It's it's so good. This is exactly yes. the type of shit they should be doing. See, we've done this kind of a date before. Now you're going to one-up it. And guess what? The legacy like makes it more competitive. And it makes people more down to do the challenge. If it's the fourth naked uh, dodgeball event there's been, you're like, well, I'm going to be part of history. And it starts to paint this idea subconsciously in the mind of anybody who's watching the show, which is going to be all your next players, by the way. At this point, you don't have players coming to the game who haven't seen the show. It shows them that there is this legacy. And maybe if they get on that date in a, a successive season down the road, they're like, how do I be the fucking superstar of the dodgeball date? That is exactly what you want. We see that uh, they are talking about where they want to be kissed. It's like a a competition to answer the same things as Charity. She likes on her head, ear, or neck. Uh, she, she like, and then she does this like kind of cute ITM where she's describing her ideal kiss, physical touch, tongue action, pull back and return. And they actually do a graphic on the screen. They cut the screen in half and put the fucking text. Yes. Like the NFL Sports Center. Yeah, it's great. This is what you got to be doing, guys. This is great. Uh, they say what the sexiest thing is about charity. Show us your ultimate makeout. I enjoyed this where they either made out with their hand or the microphone. Yep. And, you know, obviously on Love Island, it would be every player making out with every player blindfolded. Yeah. But uh, we. <laughs> what? This is on ABC. They can't do that there. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gabby says, now you have a minute to tell us about a kiss, best or worst. And we predicted this, that there was going to be one player who... If I may, if I may. There's one thing that happens before they get to that part. Gabby and Rachel Reckian notice that Joey is staring at Charity very intensely. Charity acknowledges the strong stare play and says she loves it. And this intense eye contact slash unblinking gaze was my... Play, 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 play of the game. May have seemed inconsequential, but I believe it was the predominant factor that led them to decide Joey would win this group date challenge, which leads to everything it leads to, which we'll get into. Um, but I think it was the 
the intense unblinking stare that got him there. It was also like such a nice girl's moment of them being like giving her advice and being like, oh, that one like seems really for TRR. And, you know, people tell stories about their kisses. I would say there's not really standouts until we get to Joey. <laughs> I'm doing something completely different, he says. Here's a story about a kiss. I've got nerves. She's wearing this beautiful dress, beautiful smile. And that kiss was the longest kiss in Bachelor history. And everyone cheers. And Charity goes, today, the person who stood out the most is Joey. And the guys don't like it. Did they make the women on that Sean Lowe date watch? I feel like it was just DLH. No, that was a one-on-one. Oh, it was a one-on-one. It was yeah, it was Chris Harrison standing like one foot away from from them doing it on a one-on-one. But yes, Joey wins this thing and then they have to kiss there for 3 minutes and 28 seconds minimum and they do. Regia is doing color commentary, uh talk about waist action hair grabbing. She's fucking hilarious in this. The guys hate watching this. Um we see a lot of good face play going around from all of them in reaction to this. Just like fucking expressionless stone face full of hatred. The crowd is chanting and cheering them on. <laughs> And they keep kissing even after the record's broken. 425 now is the new Bachelor record. Um, I mentioned the 58 hours, 35 minutes, 58 seconds is the actual record for longest kiss. The crowns then say there's one more surprise. Joey gets a one-on-one date. The other guys get even more pissed. They have to march out. Losers, just like on the other group dates. So they're really enforcing the play for times in this uh, game Uh at the very least. If not for the whole season, we don't know. Portion 7 begins night at the mansion. The non-Joey's return. The other guys react. The non-Joey's explain what happened. Uh, it was the longest kiss in Bachelor history. And Braden's reaction to this was my face play of the game. <laughs> when they tell him, we all sat around and watched them do the longest kiss in Bachelor history. Braden delivers full mouth, full eye aperture. He is stunned that this is happening. And the beauty of this, why I give it my face play, is because it's all fake. This doesn't astound him in any way. He is not actually having an emotional reaction to this. He's just doing face play to get screen time in a moment that is not about him at all. He was not on this group date. And he nonetheless takes fucking center stage in it. He takes something that happened that he's not a part of and makes himself the main fucking character in it. And it starts with this face play brilliantly done i took a picture of a different face play that he made (laughs) he's such a good face player he's a full package player he's got all the tools he's just got a bad second audience game but even that i think he's doing it interestingly he's doing it in a villainous way i don't think it's gonna it's gonna unfortunately give him longevity in this in this modern era but i i wish it would not in this season but this motherfucker is going to be the king of paradise 100%. If he gets a fully 4TWR edit and doesn't get any followers, you think he's going to be the king of paradise? Nobody gets any followers anymore in our beloved game. That doesn't matter. And yeah, because they'll redeem him. They'll give him the redemption. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Never forget Chris, or what was his name? Goose? Chris Randone and Crystal? Never forget. You think he's a goose? You think he's going to goose it? No, he's on a different level because he's got a little bit of um, Aaron Clancy in him. He's got a little bit of... Um, Johnny Depp. He's got a little Johnny Depp in him. He's got a little... I, I Don't hate me here. He's got a little Baylock High in him. What? In what way? There's, I'm not sure. I can just feel it. I can feel it. He's got a little bit of it in him. Anyway, John Henry tells them all that Joey won. It turned into a one-on-one, and Braden tells the other guys that it's not cool to have to watch Charity make out with uh, Joey. He ITMs feeling like a punk just having to hear about it, and Adrian comes at Braden then. See, I feel like this is giving Joseph. It's all in the tone. It's all in the tone. He does it in a funny way, in a way that kind of makes you like him. He's just a very interesting player. I will leave it at that. But he ITMs, again, feeling like a punk for just having to even hear about the story. And then Adrian sparks up the next level of this rivalry. How can you object to how a guy is feeling? And Braden's like, it doesn't sound like a great date to me. Uh, I feel like the other guys were, you were all disrespected. And he ITMs that he's going to fucking pack his bags. He might be leaving. This may not be somebody that he can have a relationship with. What? He's playing a make me stay in the first fucking week, but he's just loading it. This is beyond fucking insane. This is a Fimpros, night one Fimpros, week one, I'm packing my fucking bags because she kissed another guy on a group date. This is fucking insanity. This is Joseph. I'm going to leave because she's not classy kind of thing. And she allowed this. I feel like it was inherently like she allowed this group date idea to even happen. And, but I mean, we've seen people pack their bags. Think about uh, Clancy and uh, what's her name? She always packed her bag, went on the jungle path three times. In fucking week one of the regular season? Not this early. That was paradise. This is Bachelorette. This is your Fimpros recipient doing it in the very next week. It's insane. Joey then ITMs that he didn't expect... uh, his date to turn into an intimate one-on-one. He's going to keep trying to make the connection and has a surprise to share something that will let her know more about him. We see the rose on the table and this is the, the one-on-one portion of this or whatever. I'm still calling it an after party, just an after party of one. And Joey says that for him, a big part of their connection, I'm calling it a mini one-on-one. Okay. 
I'll go with Mini 101. Joey says, for him, a big part of their connection was talking about family. It's a huge part of who he is. He PTCs uh, parental divorce. Felt love from them both. But then he says, I have to tell you why they broke up. My dad came out gay as gay when I was in kindergarten. And that's why they separated. They still had a strong connection. He still felt love from them both. You can't really do anything about that situation. They were still great parents and they parented based on love. And he says he still talks to his dad about everything. Favorite person in the world made him more loving and accepting. It's a big part of him. This was a very interesting PTC because it is divorce, but it was in the best way possible. He still loves both of his parents. They still love both of him. <laughs> they still love both of him. <laughs> they both still love him. And uh, I don't know. I... I like it is a PTC. It's parental divorce for sure. This parental divorce PTC by Joey was my play, 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 play of the game. I thought Aaron B had it with his therapy play, but I thought Joey killed it with this. PTC. It was one of the best divorce stories I feel like we've ever heard. And he was also doing that really good eye contact. I feel like it was just, he's, he's just, this went perfectly. He gets the one-on-one rose immediately and they make out and it kind of, I don't know, this was just, yeah. I really liked it. What, what do we call the eye plays? Like Zuckerberg eyes? He's zucking. What are Zuckerberg eyes? You know how he doesn't blink ever? I don't want... I retract the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Charity, has she noticed straight off the bat how much love he has on the inside of him? She brings up her parents uh, being like her love role models and to see that example of love so huge. She's looking for the same thing with her partner. She gives him that rose. So Joey gets this uh, group date rose. Number two, gets a kiss. Charity ITM's feeling safe with Joey. It's a one-on-one rose. It came from a group date. Yeah. Any of those guys had a shot to get this rose. I think this is a group date rose. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The rose existed before. Um, Did you hear this casting card we get here? Yes. DLP, are you ready to walk down an aisle that isn't a grocery store? You food guzzler? What is this? We're back to chaos. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here, especially for somebody who's in the pit, because the words grocery store don't mean the same things to us that they mean to other people. I think this is a hidden grocery store Joe homage. What? I know. Okay. I know. I may be going too far, <laughs> okay. but I, that's never stopped me before, and it won't stop me now. Uh, speed agree. <laughs> Portion 8 begins. Morning at the mansion. No one in the pool now. Everybody's serious. The guys all talk about how much it sucks that Joey made out with charity. Sean gets an ITM about needing to make an impact. Braden ITMs that the guys came back with their tails between their legs, and he doesn't understand how it was good to have to watch Joey break a kissing record with her. He says if he doesn't hear from her what he needs to hear, he's fucking out of the season. <laughs> DOP comes in. There's no cocktail party, but good news, there is a barbecue. So uh, we see... Caleb and all the guys are getting ready and, and Caleb B is still wearing a Speedo from the Force Annuity and Force Violence group date. Charity shows up, hugs all around. First one at one time is Doton. They show all the guys getting ready and they show them making corn. I thought this was really like a nice kind of house life moment that, that they captured here. Yeah, I agree. I, I My 
my apologies. I didn't mean to glance over that. I agree with you. I had the same note. I was trying to condense a little bit. I know we've gone on a lot of minutia rides tonight. Barbecue. I know I can <laughs> yeah. see that. You're like, did you see how many kernels were on that one piece of corn? I counted 78. Yeah. <laughs> I've got 79. I don't know. Let's go back and rewatch. All right. Do you think it's a reference to Ashley Iaconetti? 100%. What else could it have been? All player date, barbecue, charity joints, Sean. I'm skipping minutia. Uh, one-on-one <laughs> time with De- Doton. Uh, Charity Mimosa, keeping it cute. She's so endearing. Uh, he thanks her for this whole experience. He was uncertain go- if he was going to do it, but when he saw she was a bachelorette, he got into it, and he's jealous of the guys on the date. Great play. Oh, yes. And he wants to show more who he is. Uh, and where he comes from, and he shows her this card he takes with him everywhere, his most cherished possession, his card he got when he came to this country, and his full name. This was, like, up there for play of the game with me. This, um... Me too. He says, oh, and then he does this line, not gonna go for the longest kiss, just a little peck. And this was the best kiss lead-in line we've seen all season. Totally agree. I thought that Doton got very little playtime in this game, and I thought he made the absolute most of the time he got. I don't think anybody played a a minimized time game better than he did this week. Yeah. We see Charity call him husband quality, and we get one-on-one. That's good on paper. Good on paper. That is a good on paper. Sorry. <laughs> What's what's not good on paper? Anything that talks about how she feels about the player is probably a genuine compliment. Anything that talks about them in the third person or a generic quality that they have that is good is good on paper. Mm. Is this Tanner we get next? Yeah. Tanner says, literally, I'm here for the right reasons. Sean has a little mini date with some putt-putt golf. Braden is in a guy chat with Spencer and Caleb B, and he says the pursuit of love is selfish. <laughs> Just such weird 14WR villain play. I fucking love it. And they're like, what? Like, they can't even believe what he's fucking saying. It's crazy what he's fucking saying. It's like, dude, you're on the fucking Bachelorette. Do you know what this is? But the answer is yes, he does. And he's doing some very interesting play within the context of that. Uh, Braden then... So funny. His ears have now escalated to feathers. And he says, everyone needs to be selfish, though. And he ITMs when people meet me, they think I'm weird with the clothes, but they don't think I have emotional depth. Um, oh, I wrote here. He is Yosef. <laughs> if I don't hear what I'm what I want, I'm going to get up and go home. He is judging the date category and therefore the process. I feel like he's, it's going to be hard to redeem. Paradise is is something different. Look, I know Paradise has taken a turn in the past couple of seasons, but the magic of Paradise is that anything can happen. You can take a massive fucking villain and send them there. You can take a night fucking one guy and send him to Paradise, and he can become the face of your franchise. You think you can become a grocery still today? In these days? Yeah, 100%. A grocery can happen. Yeah, I think so. Once, If a grocery happened once, it can happen twice. Portion nine begins. Uh, I feel like those were very specific circumstances. A lot of people watching, a lot of people hashtag save grocery. Yeah, you're right. He didn't have a villain edit really, but I'm just saying 
anything could happen. Braden could rise in this franchise to become the king of paradise. You think he can do after this show two tours of paradise back to back? I think he can. Yes. I think he has to solidify his, a rivalry, a better rivalry. And maybe that's what I was saying about Balakai. The the Balakai that I feel in Braden is Balakai, <laughs> although he was a a runner up, like he was a, a much higher level player in the main season. His real, I think, uh, launch into like superstardom didn't happen until Paradise. What he did in Paradise was revolutionary. I feel like it was the finale of Becca's season, his heartbreak at it. But his big numbers on Instagram didn't come until after all the controversies and him putting out the, the text messages and all that shit. Mm. <clears throat> anyway. So you're saying it's like a messy play style. <laughs> kind of a messy play style, but like, that you can reshape who you are basically in paradise. He went from being a victim to in paradise being like a villain to some degree, like a fuckboy type villain mm-hmm. to complete redemption. Well, good luck to you, Brayden. Indeed. Uh- <laughs> and speaking of Brayden, he gets some one-on-one time here with charity. Charity mentions that the group date threw her for a loop. Brayden says, yeah, it did me too. And he says he had a lot of doubt about her character and felt bad for the guys about the, the kiss that she had with Joey. And he says he was ready to run away. So he sprinkles it in there. This is not exactly a make me stay, but it's a, I was thinking about leaving. She says she's glad he's bringing this up. She says it's not from a malicious place. It makes her sad that she made him feel bad. And he says he feels that they have real connections. She's special. She deserves to be cared about. He thanks her for understanding. This shit works. She ITMs him. She ITMs loving that he was vulnerable with her. And she thinks it's good that he doesn't hold back. This is fucking unreal. When he was doing this, I mean, he didn't go full like, I'm leaving unless you tell me what I want to hear. He didn't go that far with it. But he sprinkled in a make me stay. No, he loaded a full make me stay and he did a sliver of a make me stay. Yeah, but he did just enough that like no other guy is making that play at this point. No other guy is being like, I might walk. He's like, we've already been on an emotional journey together. Don't you love me? <laughs> exactly. He's doing very interesting play, in my humble opinion. But um, it works here. Then we see one-on-one time with Adrian. He brings up the spring break thing again. He says he didn't mean to make it so heavy on her. He apologizes for the tattle. And she says that she wants him to be honest about his perspective. She says he's the only one who's honest about the what is going on in the house. And she asks him what's immature to him or what has he seen? You're my little spy. So in the prior title, he just generalized it. I'm not going to name names. Here, she's basically saying, name names, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, there's a little bit of a lack of emotional intelligence, but um, the group date's over and everybody's talking about the kiss. And Braden invalidated Josh's feelings. This is now a direct tattle on Braden by name. And this named tattle was my error, 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 error of the game. We see what happens to him. He sticks around. Obviously, the producers keep him around. They're building a rivalry with him and Braden. It's probably going to wind up in a two-on-one at some point. Uh, this is just a, a mistake. As soon as you do this, you are not in contention for the the final players at this point. You're not getting a hometown. You're not making it to the playoffs. Yeah, you you've shot yourself in the foot. It it's it's hard to see. It's hard to see a play like that because I also just imagine like that he maybe didn't have a say in it, like the MVP thing. I'm just like, 
yeah, look. I just wonder why people would do it unless you really know nothing about the game and you're just like... I, I don't know how forthright producers are with players when they make like paradise deals with them. Like, do they go to Adrian and they say like, look, dude, here's the deal. She doesn't like you. You're not going to make it far. But if you go in and do this thing for us, we'll keep you around till episode four or five and we'll put you on paradise. Yeah. You're on the outer numbers. We can save you a couple rounds. Yeah. I don't know if they do something like that or not, or if he just doesn't know, or if this is even potentially real. If he's just a guy who got pissed at Braden, I don't know. But I agree with you. They brought him in as the MVP specifically because of that. But it might have been a thing where they were talking to him in ITMs and he's like, I just really don't like Braden. He's a piece of shit. So they're like, okay, he's the MVP. We got to get them talking. I don't know. But this is just the wrong fucking play for sure. Uh, he brings up this word classless in here uh, and says that it was disrespectful to guys. And Charity's eyes go up when she hears this word making my... Face play of the game. It's an upside down frown with surprise kind of face. I remember it. I remember it very well. I think I took a picture of it too because I was like, fuck. Yeah. This is another element of Charity's game that I don't think we got to see enough of in Shawcross this season. She's an excellent face player. Incredible face play here. And... Charity talks about not liking that word and maybe they need to self-examine. And she ITMs that Braden was open about feeling sick and he didn't use the word classless. I don't know if there's a misinterpretation, but there's... I am upset because he has a strong connection, but there's too many incredible people to be so fixated. DLP has a ting party here. Did you count the tings? No, I couldn't. Too many. Ten. 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 What is that? A decatine ting? A desiting? That is DLP's feeling jolly. Ten fucking tings? He's loving it. I think that's a record. You want to talk about a kiss record? That's a fucking ting record. I think ten is the record by far. Maybe he knows it. Maybe all Dark Lords know the record. Yeah. But I mean, also, they can cut that anytime they want. They left that in the fucking edit. They can cut it after three tings if they want and then just cut to a guy's face like looking up or whatever. They left in 10 fucking tings in the cut. What are they doing? <laughs> you think that sometimes they cut into the amount of tings that they don't let it go to the full tingage? 10 tings is a choice for sure. On his part, you think it's a choice on the editor's part? On both. Obviously, he did 10 tings and then they left 10 yeah. tings in the show. Nonetheless, yeah. these tings signify official play is over. Minutia myself. <laughs> yeah, you don't start that minutia conversation. You know I'll fucking go into it. Uh, DLP tells them that Charity isn't there because Charity found some info that was really upsetting to her. And the next time you'll see her is at the rose ceremony. John asks out loud, could anyone have said anything that would have caused this reaction? So John is the one who is spearheading the investigation to find out who tattled. And Adrian goes, well, uh... I was the last conversation and uh, I did tattle on Brayden. Uh, and then he goes, honesty is a gift and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way. A good line. It's going to have a zinger at the end of your tattle reveal like that. And then Xavier go in an ITM goes, Adrian, what are you doing, bro? Why are you running your mouth so much about other people? Even he gets this is a fucking massive error. And uh, Brayden then explains to Adrian that his interaction with Charity 
is separate from his interaction with, with the guys. And some of the turtles chime in about being upset that this drama ruined their time with her. And Joey ITMs that it might be best for both uh, Braden and Adrian to go home. And then we get portion 10 is our uh, rose ceremony. And Charity comes in. She's overwhelmed and terrified. Gold Beauty and the Beast gown. Yeah. she. All of her uh, costumes this season, I have loved. I'm not a huge fashion guy. Me too. They're astounding. They're all sparkly and gorgeous. They're great. They really, I think, I think they put some effort into like, we got to make her fucking look good. Yeah. It's like we're making a Hannah Brown fairy tale season. Yes. And they're doing it very well. Charity gives this uh, speech. It was incredible. We got standing connections, everything uh, shared with her, left an imprint on her. And it makes tonight so difficult, but she's got to do what she feels best. And we get that rose ceremony. Starting with the first rose, it's Doton, Tanner, Caleb B., Warwick, Michael, Sean, Xavier, Aaron S., James, Adrian, and <laughs> Braden, of course, gets that final rose. Now, we already knew this because we've seen in the promos that he gets the baseball field date. So, of course, he's got to get a fucking rose. There's no drama here whatsoever. They've ruined that. Their marketing department, once again, just fucking put a knife in the guts. <laughs> and we go from 19 down to 14 guys. We lose Caleb K., we savored your suffering. Caleb A, we savored your suffering. Josh, we savored your suffering. John Henry, we savored your suffering. And Spencer, we savored your suffering. Goodbye. They all a lot they all get goodbye hugs. Interesting. Yeah. And then Braden gets a toast after an ITM where he says, fuck off to Adrian. He gets a toast to an amazing woman and thanks her for choosing him. They all cheers. Next week on Bachelorette, Caleb B sings to her on stage. Baseball date for Braden. Helicopter. Uh, Braden smells the rose. Charity isn't looking for a boyfriend. Braden doesn't know if he can trust her. Someone's advancing his position and roses can be taken back. Charity reminds us. Then we get this tag where DLP tells the guys they have to wear Speedos and we get some more reactions to the Speedos and then we see them shaving their pubic hair. My big question of the episode answered here. All in all, a fantastic episode. Who was your MVP? For his perfect one-on-one play, Aaron B. was my MVP. Loved his PTC, loved his use of the not magical coin. I just thought his, I mean, he's being given extraordinary preference by the third audience with the alpha limo exit and first one-on-one. And I feel like they bet on a, a very solid player in Aaron B. I agree with you 100% on that. However, Joey was my... M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I will always, unless you do something outstanding on a one-on-one, I'm always going to prioritize a group date rose win over a one-on-one. Simply because it's harder statistically to get. This group date specifically was very hard. And the thing that happened on it, the prize you won, the KISS record break, is going to eventually sink multiple other players. Uh, him getting that, whoever got that rose, whoever got that opportunity, had the opportunity to make some major damage to other players that's going to be season long. He took the opportunity. He did everything correctly. Came out of this perfectly. I play. And it all started with a very strong, unblinking eye play. He zucked her. <laughs> and he had 
my um, play the game, PTC Parental yeah. Heartbreak. Yes, PTC was very good as well. Well, that wraps it up. That's the first game of the regular season. Thank you for joining us. I got to say, just overall, we're two games in. I get it. Two games. We got a long way to go. Another 10 games, roughly. Um, I'm loving this fucking season. I hope Braden is in all of them. I don't think he's going to be, but he's going to be great at the fucking Mento all. Um, but I love this season so far. I think it's done so well. It's put the fun back in the show. It's put the lead back up on a pedestal. They're trying new things visually. They're trying new things in terms of the construction, in terms of the presentation. I love it all. They're embracing the legacy. The legacy is probably my biggest takeaway from this season. They're they're finally doing that properly. Zach Shawcross was an experiment in how to do it exactly wrong. This is how to do it exactly right so far. We'll see. Even bringing back season 19 bachelorettes, they were used perfectly. There wasn't too much. There wasn't too little. They were both funny. You're like, fuck, I did really love them. All of the the horrible shit from their season wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no reminder like, oh, yeah, remember how we fucking destroyed them? That's just gone. It was done so well. I really am enjoying the season. I agree. Opto 2023 worked. We manifested a great season. Uh, We manifested a great two games of this season so far. We'll see. <laughs> Look, I'm still opto. I know. I'm cautiously opto 2023. But, One uh, week at a time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we will be back on Friday with This Week in Bachelor Nation. And, of course, all week long, we've got Grafton with Grace Ann talking about Love Island UK. And don't forget, Wednesday. I'm on the one that came out tonight, Monday. Oh, fantastic. So listen to that one. It's about episodes 25 and 26. And Courtney Robertson will have a new After Reality episode out this Wednesday. So check that out as well. But before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,771 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 